if you want to put this podcast into a category, I would say it would border on autobiographical. Hey, this is Rev Brad, and today I wanted to share with you about my soccer journey. As a longtime chaplain for the Colorado Rapids, a lot of people ask me, did you play soccer? To be honest, it's a bit of a myth and a poor stereotype to think that former athletes make great chaplains in sport. But I digress. Of the soccer chaplains and soccer ministry people I know, less than a 1% have played past college. So for me, it's always funny when people ask me, did you play? It usually comes when I'm talking about my background and which college I went to, and I usually leave it at this. Well, I played in high school. But let me start at the beginning. Born in Denver, we moved to Arizona. I had to call my mom and ask her, but I confirmed from the most reliable source, the trophy that I have sitting tucked away in the basement for soccer was for a church league team that my mom put me in. And we did it because all the baseball kids were going on to that team and they're all like, hey, come on, let's go play soccer. So I literally have two memories from being a kid growing up and playing soccer this one season. First, our coach would make us run all the way across the park where we practiced to this little hill, which seemed gigantic to me, with a metal fence. And sometimes I just remember clinging and hanging onto that metal fence and looking out at my mom sitting in the car thinking, oh, I'd rather go for ice cream right now. My other memory was a friend of mine, a teammate. His name was, I think, Aaron Gonzalez. His nickname was The Pincher because he had a knack for pinching people so hard that he would break the skin. He was quick, too. I called him Speedy Gonzalez. But to be honest, I don't remember much else except how hot it was playing in soccer under the Arizona heat. We later moved to Michigan. I went to a small Christian school, went out for the soccer team. I don't think they had cuts. Our soccer coach for several years was just a dad, and I don't think he knew very much about soccer. My nickname on the team was Fatness. It was a bit of a pun, spelled P-H-A-T. It really means excellent and was part of the rap lingo coming out of Detroit. But I think I had the nickname because people were talking more about my weight and speed than my soccer skills. We didn't have club soccer. We just went out and played. Indoor soccer was just starting to come around at that time in, in the Detroit area. Again, not many memories other than running a lot, doing a lot of suicides, and running these hills that I absolutely hated. I was third slowest on my team. My first and only yellow card caution was for jumping at a throw-in. Embarrassing. I remember the school AD coming up to me the next day after getting that yellow card in the lunchroom, and he grabbed a yellow lunch bag and joking said, what's this? I didn't get it. A lunch bag? I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. I ended up moving to Colorado right before my senior year of high school. The small 3A school I went to was just starting their soccer program. New coach, he was only 20-something. I remember more running, a long hill that seemed to go on for miles. And because, of, because you can, I googled it the other day. It's exactly 1.2 miles to the top. And uh, I, I'm probably sure someday I'll go check out what the elevation gain was, but it seemed like it was a killer. As a senior, I won, quote-unquote, the starting center back position. But four games in, I came out of a 50-50 ball with a deep bone bruise on the knee. That was me done for the season. Moving on to college. Well, I began school in Chicago the fall after the 1994 World Cup. The country was abuzz with soccer. They had just announced that a new league was being formed in America, Major League Soccer. The city of Chicago was excited. You could feel it. You could feel all the energy. Our small school, Moody Bible Institute, 
That year, they were NCCAA, hopefully I got all those C's and A's right, Division II national champions. So it was exciting. It was an exciting time, not only in the city, but even at our college. And all of a sudden, something woke up inside of me. You know, most of my friends in college were from different countries, and the game they loved to play was soccer. Their love for it was infectious. I got excited. So excited that I decided to go out for tryouts in my junior year of college. First training session? Well, when I realized that I didn't know quite what an overlapping run was, I knew that I had probably missed something in all those years of playing soccer with that volunteer dad who didn't know very much about the game. So, uh, first training session over, I asked to meet with the coach after. We sat down in his office, I remember. Coach, I began, uh, to be honest, I don't think I'll be able to make the team. My schedule this semester has so much lab work. In truth, I knew I wasn't going to make the team anyway. But coach, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to film the team this season and put together a highlight film for my semester project. Best decision I ever made. I realized at that moment that a soccer career was not in my future. But I dove into this new world. I remember I became a Colorado Rapids fan. My brother even saw the excitement from afar. He was going to a different college. And I remember him helping me set up my first AOL email account, BK United, after the popular new MLS champs, DC United. In 1997, I told one of my good buddies on the Moody team about the new expansion club that was coming, the Chicago Fire, and they were having open tryouts. I encouraged him to go, and as sports editor for the school newspaper, I did a story on his experience and journey, albeit ever so brief. And, uh, and it was amazing to me to watch this attempt and this opportunity to maybe get a professional contract. It was exciting. Graduating from college, I sent my resume to Major League Soccer. Maybe there would be a position for me. The summer after graduation, I just remember many summer nights filled with soccer in the park or on the beach with my friends from college who had stuck around, you know, guys from Germany and Ghana and Liberia and the U.S. We, we, we just spent hours and hours at night just kicking around. I returned home a few months later uh, back to Denver after trying to stick it out in Chicago. And I remember I would send my resume to the Rapids whenever I learned that there was a different job opening that I thought maybe I could fit into. I would get my friends together. We would kick around on Sunday afternoons. There was still a little bit of this fire inside me. We'd go to Mile High Stadium and buy the $5 tickets and sit in the North End stand and watch the Rapids play. In fact, I remember our church mission trip down in Mexico. And some of my new friends there taught me this little game that they like to play called Cascarita, or Little House. It was a lot like 21 in basketball. One goal, one ball, every man for themselves. And I remember I would stay up late every night, uh, sometimes past midnight, when the rest of the kids were sleeping or farting around, there I was trying to play soccer and, and just enjoying the game and enjoying the, the people around it. And then it happened. I remember exactly where I was when the phone rang. You know, let me pause there with my story. Uh, I know, it's a real cliffhanger. But sometimes it's amazing to me to stop and look back. You know, we can do that in hindsight. We can look back and see the turning point in our journey. We can see where one decision or one moment affected our future forever. Do you remember those moments? Do you remember the moment when your life was forever changed? The moment you realized that you were born for something? That you were destined for something? It's a lot like the story of Jeremiah 
He recalls in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 of the book named after, he says this, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. When was that moment for you? Jeremiah was appointed to be a prophet, but God appoints people for many different things. And I believe that athletes, coaches, executives, even maintenance people and chaplains, each and every vocation imaginable is part of God's appointment and design and plan. I guess the point of all this is to encourage you and affirm you. At times we may doubt ourselves. At times we'll go through struggles where we question and wrestle with issues of significance or purpose. And truthfully, our identity ought not be wrapped up in what we do or the badge that we wear. But I think it helps to look back and see the moments when God was whispering, to see the moments when God was opening doors of opportunity that we could never have imagined. And I see it in so many different points of my journey as a chaplain to people in soccer. And I'll share more of that in part two a little bit later. For now, though, I want to leave you with an encouraging, inspiring word about your journey. Whether you're a footballer, a coach, or a staff member, or a chaplain, hear the words of this prayer. Bless this journey, O God. Guard and guide each step that my foot might make. May I be open to the new possibilities that arise, whether through an open or closed door that might lie before me. May I look back as we travel this road and see how faithful you have been to me. Be with me in the depths of the valley. Remind me at the height of the mountains that I didn't get here alone. May the rain fall gently. May the wind blow softly. And when the storms arise, cover me, hold me. Amen. This is The Rev coming to you from the Touchline.